You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. The Guide to Goals podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is Right On Online's Guide to Goals podcast. Our guest today is John T. Trigonis, and we're going to talk about crowdfunding. A writer and storymaker, John is author of Crowdfunding for Filmmakers, Second Edition, and mentors campaigns as Indiegogo's head film and creative campaign strategist. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, uh, for having me, Deborah. I'm really excited. Well, and what a cool title. Seriously, you get to, like, mentor people. Yeah, I, I never thought you could get paid for that, except like you know, doing it as a uh, as a professor, which was my my other my past life uh, for ten years before this. So yeah, the fact that I get to call myself a mentor and a strategist, that's pretty uh, it's pretty neat. I like it. It's nice and sexy. I can dig it. <laughs> uh, so how did you find yourself in this in the crowdfunding space? Because that's is it it's new-ish, right? I mean, it's not brand new, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's it's definitely newish. Um, it's been around since uh, I guess 2008. I mean, technically, it's been around since the Statue of Liberty because that was like one of the first crowdfunded projects. The whole base of the statue. So it's been it's it's been it's OG as they say, um, you know. But the um, crowdfunding as as it is now is is pretty much a new thing. I I got into it um, really because I just didn't believe that people would give people money to fund their passion projects. And I was like, well, I'm going to prove that wrong uh, because I've been doing it. I've been doing films for the past uh, 12 years and I am uh, I'm what I call indie to a fault uh, where I will never ask for a grant. I will never ask an investor for money. When I make a film, I make a film, but with my money. Um, and then crowdfunding came around and I wanted to disprove it. And I went and I raised, I tried to raise $5,000 for a short film called Cerise. It was about my eighth short film, the first one that I ever crowdfunded. And I, uh, well, let's just say I didn't prove it wrong because, uh, well, I wouldn't be sitting here right now as, as, a, as a mentor uh, for this thing. So I, I ended up raising $6,300 which back in 2010 was quite a sum of money because the highest funded film projects at that time were, were getting about $40,000 versus today where it's over $5 million um, raised on, on crowdfunding sites. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got into it. And, um, and I stayed in it 
I thought that was going to be a one-off thing, but then I, you know, I wanted to give back to people. So I would write blogs about what I did and then people would reach out to me and be like, Hey, can you take a look at my campaign. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, sure. I look at it and then I give advice. But in my mind, it was like, well, I'm not going to charge you for that because that's silly. It's just me giving you advice, but I was using my time and that's what I didn't account for. So that's what made, led me to uh, write a proposal for, uh, for, for crowdfunding for filmmakers and pitch it. Um, I pitched it on Twitter to a couple of companies. Um, and, uh, and I got one, uh, Michael Weesey, uh, who, who jumped at it, which was great. And, uh, and then I was still doing the whole, like, giving free advice while the book was being published. And then ultimately, through Twitter again, I uh, made the acquaintance of uh, the film person who, at the time, um, who was working for Indiegogo and they were like, Hey man, you're giving, you're giving better advice than I am. So we need to hire you. And I was like, cool, I can get paid for this. Amazing. Yeah. So that's my, that's my whole story in a nutshell on like how I've got into this. It's a crazy world, this crowdfunding place. <laughs> well, and it's awesome because basically you took something you're passionate about and parlayed it into a career which is kind of the entire point of this podcast is people who are either working a day job and building something on the side or entrepreneurs that are building up their business with multiple side projects. So you're like a, a gold star receiver on that whole philosophy. What is the benefit of people who donate to crowdfunding campaigns? Oh, it's a great, it's a great question. Uh, the main benefit is, well, honestly, it's going to sound a little a little tree hugger-ish, um, but it is. <laughs> That's awesome. It it really is. I, as a viewer, want to help you as a filmmaker make a good movie that I'm going to enjoy. That's what it comes down to. It's it's really no different than a big producer saying, "Well, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna invest in this film because I believe that it's going to be a good film and make me a lot of money." That's what the investors say. But this is like, scratch that money part. It's like, I believe in this film and I want to see it. And if this is the only way I get to see it, then I don't have a choice. I got to give you my money. But they also get perks in, in, uh, in return, you know, what I call the incentives. You know, you're not just, it's not a donation. A lot of people make that uh, very erroneous assumption that these are donations. It's like, no, this is not a donation. It might have been five or six, six years ago where you, you would give money and not want anything in return. But you are contributing for a T-shirt sometimes for the movie to see it a week in advance. So these are also the uh, the incentives for people actually, you know, contributing to these things. And it's becoming, and this is like me foreshadowing, it is becoming uh, because there's so many projects out there now. The 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 actual viewers, the the backers, want to be involved in the journey. And this is something that filmmakers are really going to have to start taking much more serious. Right now, there's this line between the, the actual backer and the campaigner, and it's being bridged nicely through the campaign. But at one point, the, the backers are going to want a little bit more. They're going to want to know more about this journey. What does it feel like to be a filmmaker? Can we be filmmakers too? Can we help other than money. And that's, that's where the, the true power of this thing is going to go. That makes complete sense, especially with, with social media mm -hmm. and the whole 
there is no line between people anymore. You could pretty much get in front of almost anybody you want now. I'm with you there. I, I learned firsthand the power of the community through my campaign. I was not a believer. I was like, this is a screen in front of me and there's a disconnect, but it's like, no, the disconnect is in your mind. It's like, get rid of that screen. Talking to somebody on Twitter and having that access is no different than going to a physical party or a mixer or a cocktail party and talking to people. The only difference is I can talk to people that have check marks next to their name and I can reach these people the same way I would reach anybody else. And it's a beautiful thing. Whether they respond, well, that depends. <laughs> and, and you're on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast and, you know, people who aren't living in a big city have much more access to others these days yeah. because of the internet and social. Before we delve into the, the how, it's this isn't just for film projects. People crowdfund for anything these days, right? Absolutely, yeah. Technology and uh, film are the two big, big ones on most platforms. Definitely on Indiegogo, um, technology is like there's so many products being, uh, you know, being funded. Everybody's got a 3D printer idea. Um, you know, uh, so it's like you know, you know, drones. I mean, don't even get me started. So, you know, there's definitely those two are the big ones. But you want to you want to run a small business. You know, launch an Indiegogo campaign. You want to do. You want to create a religion launch an Indiegogo campaign. That's what it was made for. And I've seen it. Believe me, I've, I've seen a lot of things. I don't work with them. I work with film, video, comic books on occasion, um, and, and theater a lot. But, um, but yeah, I've seen those things. And, and it really just depends on, number one, how passionate you are about this thing that you want to make happen. And two, well, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to do what it takes to find the audience that needs this product, that needs this religion that needs this film that needs to see this are you willing to do the work because that's the one big thing that a lot of filmmakers aren't used to they're used to working their butts off with different hats on a film set going guerrilla indie style but when it comes to marketing there's a block in our heads that's like oh i can't i, I don't know how to do that no you know how to do it you just have to spend hours at a time doing it to build up that audience and find these people. I always, I always tell people like, if you're making a horror movie and I don't see you on like commenting on Fangoria magazine posts and you know, bloody disgusting, guess what? You are not a horror filmmaker. You're just not because you're not ingrained in that community. And if you're not ingrained in that community, who's going to give you money? Very, very, yeah, very well played. Now I'm just sitting here nodding. For those who are listening and not watching the podcast, this is me nodding. And what, so people do crowdfunding campaign. What brings someone, I guess, to the point of I'm going to do a crowdfunding? Is it just for the money, but is it also for what you just talked about, creating community in the audience? Um, love this question. And, and my answer has not changed in four years, which is great. And it's still true, but it's not my answer. It's a, it's a colleague of mine, a former colleague at Indiegogo, Adam Chapnick. Um, and he, uh, he said at a panel one day that if you're crowdfunding for money, you're doing it wrong. And for me, it was kind of like a, a light bulb, but it was a light bulb that I had turned on, but I turned off quickly because I didn't think you could say that kind of stuff. 
you know, because that's basically saying like, if you're here for the money, you know, don't even bother with it, you know, go somewhere else. And, but that's the absolute truth is if you are doing it for the money, you're missing the whole point of it. And I, when I started my campaign, I missed the whole point. I was doing it because I wanted to disprove this fact that people can give you money. They weren't giving me money. They were giving me their time. They were giving me their attention. And I didn't realize it, but I earned it. Because they told me, I straight up, I earned it. Because I, I asked a lot of them, like, why did you contribute to the campaign? We've only known each other for six months on Twitter. And they were like, because we've known each other for six months on Twitter. And you put out good content. And I retweet it. And you're cool. You know, and that hit me where it is. You do the crowdfunding because you want the audience. If you want money, go to an investor. They'll give you money. Nowadays, there's so many investors out there. You will, every movie can, can find one. You need a grant, every film can find a grant. You just gotta do the work and look. But those two avenues will never find you the most integral part of film, which is an audience to watch it. Otherwise, what's the point of doing film? Well, I'm sold. I'm sure people are listening are sold. <laughs> uh, what do they need to do to get started to, uh, for a crowdfunding campaign? Awesome, first thing, um, build an audience. So the best thing they can do, and then this is like, I mean, even in my book, I, I talk about this in like a whole, not even a chapter, I have a whole part and I've added sections on like how to use Instagram, how to, you know, like it's just so important, but not just during the campaign, but before it. And that's the part that just people don't, they, they still don't realize it's so, so important. They do feel that they're going to go online and like launch the Indiegogo and all of a sudden People are going to throw money at them because they're, they're asking for it. It's like, it doesn't work that way. You've got to put in the legwork at the beginning. So the best thing people can do is get online, get social, be social, and interact with people. Don't just, you know, talk about yourself. And anybody who's talking about themselves, don't bother. There's so much stuff out there. We don't care about you. But if you read an article, well, you know what? If you intend to tweet it, that's when you should read it. That's a phrase that I have. You know, I don't read anything unless I think I'm going to tweet that to my followers because I'm always thinking of their benefit, you know, more than my own. But that's how it builds. You show people that you are willing to give them value and then later on they're going to give you the value for the campaign. So that's the first absolute most important thing that anybody can do for a campaign before the campaign's happening. It might be two weeks before. It might be six months before. I think it needs to be as long as it needs um, and just be social up until you're ready to launch the campaign and then you're still going to be social because then you're putting stuff out there about your campaign and contributing, but you can't do that 10 tweets a day. You got to do that, you know, for every five or so tweets that you post about something else, you've earned one tweet to, about your campaign. So I say Twitter, you know, tweets, cause that's where I, I live basically, but Facebook, everything, you know, any, any kind of method like that. But that's the number one thing that people can do is just be social and take it off social. Go out to, to events, go out to networking events and talk about film. A lot of people, they talk about their projects and that's great, but you can tell when you watch people if they're interested or not. So the minute you realize you've talked too much, admit it to yourself and then ask them about their project and then just have a conversation about film, period. Because that's how you're gonna solidify a friendship. And I will put in the, the show notes links to people that I've interviewed on the various 
different social media platforms like uh, Twitter, even LinkedIn, and I just did one on networking. So oh, nice. be yep. sure to to include those. I I completely agree because you have to get to know people as people and let them get to know you as a person because they're investing in you, and when they trust you, then they will invest in your project. Is that pretty much? Ab absolutely. It's, it's perfect. Uh, the thing we say at Indiegogo is, People give to people, not to projects. Everybody's got a project nowadays. Everybody's got one. They're all great because in today's politically correct world, you can't say it's not great. So it's great. The thing they're banking on is, does this guy with this hat understand film enough to make a good film for $50,000? How much am I willing to give him then? That's what they're asking at this point. And so what are the pieces that people need to put together for their campaign itself? So you've got, um, you've got the campaign video, which is probably the most important part because it's the introduction to what this whole thing is about. Um, big mistake a lot of folks make, not being in the video um, because they're, you know, sometimes they're a shy filmmaker and I get it. I used to be that too. Look at me now. Um, because I've realized the dawn, the age of the shy filmmaker is done. We're done. You've got to be a character. You've got to be somebody. Even if you're going to be the character who's a shy filmmaker with a hat down and darkness all around, that's fine. Be it. Live it. Be authentic about it. It's going to be great, and you're going to get funded. So the video is important, and getting across most of the information within about three minutes is important. The information is, who are you? What's your project about? And why should I give you my money versus the 50 other projects from people that I know? Because you know there's at least 50 people out there funding stuff. Um, so that's the number one thing. And then the next stuff is um, the story section. That's what, what crowdfunding platforms call the uh, writing on the bottom, which shouldn't be just writing anymore. It should be a little mix of design. We should basically look at your Indiegogo campaign and get a sense of what kind of film you are making so that we can just look at it and then in our dwindling attention span, we can still make a decision whether or not to fund this thing. Then the, la the third most important part are the perks, right? So you have the incentives. I call them the incentives. Indiegogo calls them perks, rewards, etc. cetera. Um, it's what you're getting. So, you know, copy of the movie, digital download of it, and a DVD probably, and maybe a Blu-ray. If you're going to do the T-shirts and merchandise route, you have those listed. Um, I have three types of perks that I tell people to have. Um, standard definition, high definition, and three-dimensional. That's what I call them. Basically, standard definition are the, the mandatory stuff. I'm make, you're making a movie, I need to see it, and I need to see it before anybody else. You got a T-shirt, I got a chance to buy it. That's mandatory merch type stuff. Um, the high definition are experiences that you can't get outside of the campaign. So again, if you're shooting the film, I should get, I should have a chance to be on the set for, you know, a hundred bucks, 1500 bucks and see what a movie, you know, what movie making is all about. Because if I'm a banker, that's like opening my world up to the most sexy thing in the universe. Um, no offense to bankers, of course, but of course. I know a few. Um, and then, so those are the experiences. And then we have the three dimensional, uh, incentives, which are personalized. These are the most important because they tend, they, they try to take like a 3D movie, right? They try to take you and bring you into the world of the film. So these are things like what I did for my campaign, which, you know, I see people do occasionally. Um, I wrote poems for people for $10.
and it was a, in the form nice. of their name. Yep, in the form of their name. It's called an acrostic poem. The reason was my movie was about words. My, uh, I'm a poet. I have two degrees in poetry writing and published and all that stuff. So I was like, all of this is, is related, but how do I relate it to, to them, to the audience? Oh, the most important word they're ever going to have, the name. So I used that. Thankfully, there was some kind of special poem for that. Um, I've had people do, you know, you know, a uh, certificate, uh, you know, certificates and things like that that are somehow relevant to your film. Those can be very personalized. Even something as simple as a Facebook cover photo that has the person's name on it. Thank you so much for supporting Planet X, you know, with cool Planet X imagery. Guess what? Now you're not only, if you give that to them during the campaign, they're going to make it their, their cover photo and now it's free advertising to all their friends. And their friends are probably going to want one. Lucky you. <laughs> Let them market you. That's great. That's it. That, I learned that like firsthand with those poems because we, um, you know, I wrote them and then my, uh, my fiance Marinelle, who was very integral in a lot of that stuff because back then I didn't understand marketing at all. She was like, oh, I'll design something nice for Facebook, you know, you know, the poem and I'll make it look nice. So she did that like within three days of a contribution. And then I would put it on people's Facebook walls and they would like it. They would, um, they would thank me for it. And then they would make it their profile pic. There was no cover photo back then. And I would get five to 10 new contributions within the next hour. That, that's a great, great trick. Okay. The downside is it takes a lot of time and a lot of folks, they don't do that because they're like, oh, I don't have the time to fulfill that. It's like, yeah, you do. You, you'll find the time because it's going to mean you're going to hit your goal quicker. And speaking of hitting your goal quicker, what do you recommend in terms of the amount of time a campaign should run? Oh, great. Um, well, so there's, there's statistics, right? I'm not a big statistics guy because uh, I'm usually the anomaly, but statistically, um, the, the perfect timing for a campaign is about uh, 30 to 45 days, which is great. Um, I'm a big believer in less is more. Uh, I usually tell people, run a campaign for as long as you can keep it interesting because a campaign starts off strong and then it has a couple of days, it starts dwindling and then all of a sudden it goes away unless right. you strategize it and then it won't go away. But a lot of people just don't strategize it. And then at the end it spikes up a little bit because it's like, oh my God, they haven't hit their goal yet. We need to put in finally and all the stragglers and the family members get in um, when they should have been there the first, in the first place already. So um, yeah, that's about the right time, but it also is contingent on how large a goal or small a goal that you have set. Um, you know, because again, if you have a pretty hefty goal, you're, you may need more than like 20 days to get there you know, or 30 days. Um, so yeah, the 30, 30 to 45 days is usually a good sweet spot. Cool thing with Indiegogo is uh, we, we offer a one-time extension, which I think is brilliant um, because sometimes you just need a little extra time, you know, so you can go up to the full amount of 60 days if you want it to. That sounds good. Okay. So any other quick tips yeah. that, that people just have to know? Because it's so much good information. I just want to give you an opportunity to talk no, about anything yeah. else. Totally. The, the only other big thing that I talk about a lot is the goal. Um, we're seeing a trend right now because um, there's a lot of campaigns that run and they, they raise $100,000 and $500,000. And then there's the 1% that raise a million and up, right? 
So nowadays, people think that raising 200,000 is easy. I'm going to straight up say it is not easy. Raising $20,000 is hard. If you take a look at my personal campaigns, I have never raised more than $5,000 or $7,000. And I'm the guy in this industry. I would never run a campaign for one of my projects for $500,000 because I know enough to know I'm not going to hit that goal with my network. I am very, I check myself. I've helped people raise $5 million, but they have the audience. All I got to do is tell them what to do. So the biggest advice I can ever give is check yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself when you're saying, I need $100,000 to make my film and look at your network and look at your email list and be honest. Can you get 30% of that 100,000 from your family and friends alone? Nine out of 10 times, the answer is no way. Which means let's shrink the goal down to an amount we can work with to get the project moving forward. Because success is not necessarily measured on whether or not you hit a goal, but the general public looks at it like that. So it's still important to hit your goal, but it's also important to work with what you've got. So we got to check ourselves and just be like, you know what, I need 100,000, but I can probably get 15,000 from my family, so I'm going to set my goal at $50,000. And I'm going to work my butt off to get $50,000, which is halfway there. And guess what? If you can get $50,000 halfway through your campaign, there ain't nothing saying you can't raise another 50. That's well, and this is the Guided Goals podcast. So I'm all about the goals. <laughs> you need to set something that's yeah. reasonable that does not set you up for failure, is what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, and, and again, you, you know, you said it. It's like you want the, you, the goal is a very important thing. And psychologically, it's so important because if you don't have that first third of your goal within about the first three days, if I go to your campaign as a stranger, never heard of you, I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's a cool film, but man, this thing's been up for a week and it's not moving. Nah, I'm going to, I pass. And you just lost a, a contribution. So again, we got to play to that psychology factor and the physics factor. I always talk about the physics and psychology of crowdfunding. The physics is it's up to you to build this momentum. And once you build it, it's like that little, like that little ball thing that does that. I don't know what it's called, but it does the whole thing. Um, it stays there and you're like, damn, this thing is going on. And that's what's going to happen to your campaign. You're going to be like, damn, this thing is going on. But it's because you put in the work, you built the momentum quickly, and then you spread the word. And now you have strangers coming to your campaign being like, that's a cool project and it's winning. And I'm going to bet on that horse. And that's exactly what they're going to do. I think that is the coolest, shortest explanation of crowdfunding ever. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. I, I, I felt pretty good about it, actually. <laughs> okay, before we wrap, I always ask the work-life balance question. Do you have balance, and what do you do to achieve it? Yeah, um, balance. So let's see. I work – that's a great question. I'm actually struggling with that uh, as we speak. Not struggling in a bad way, but um, – I, I work, uh, you know, Indiegogo is my first actual job. Uh, I used to be a professor and that was freelance kind of stuff. So I would work three days a week and then I'd have four days to write. Um, now it's like five days a week, uh, you know, 10 to six at night. I cut myself off at six, 100%, no matter what's happening. I go home, I eat dinner, I feed my cat, and then 
for three or four hours, it's writing, it's tweeting, it's doing all the stuff for the creative soul. Um, I usually say that my Dr. Jekyll is crowdfunding and I'm a damn good doctor at it. But at night I drink that potion and I become Mr. Hyde and I just go into my creative zone and don't talk to me about crowdfunding at that point because in eight hours I've given enough to the world, to the universe, where I've earned those three or four hours to myself to keep my creative projects going. So that's my work-life balance. If you ask me if I take vacations, the answer is probably not. I have, the, I have a way, way too many paid time off days uh, that I just forget to take because I don't go on vacations. But uh, I will be probably going on a vacation this year, and it'll be good. Small okay. one. Well, <laughs> so that could be your goal and the extra bonus goal, go on a vacation. But I, yes. think, I think the practical personal goal for, for the purposes of this podcast is to set a cutoff time when the day job stops and your creative or your passion project work keeps going. And then I would say the, uh, based on this conversation, the professional goal should be to start building your network and start envisioning what your campaign looks like if this is the choice. So start sketching out ideas and start moving forward. Perfect. And don't rush. There's no rush for the crowdfunding part. Filmmakers tend to think there is, but there really, there really isn't. That's a very, very good tip. Better to do it right than to do it rushed mm -hmm. and not get the results that you want. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, John, for joining us today on the Guided Goals podcast. You can go to guidedgoals.com to get show notes, links, and more information about how you can do crowdfunding or really any other tips you need to pursue your passion project. You can also head over to writeononline.com for more on goal setting, productivity, and community. Um, so thanks, John. Anyone who's listening who's ever thought of crowdfunding, I really don't think it could be put any simpler than this. So just go on out there and go for it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.